2: They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to
0: 11. To
2: 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar.
1: I'm a sucker for you. <clears throat> You say the word that I go anywhere blindly. I'm a sucker for you. Well done. Any road you take, you know that you'll find me. Yes. I'm a sucker for all the subliminal things. No one knows about you, about you, about you. And you're making...
2: (laughs) My hands hurt. (laughs) That was horrible. I was the hand clap bitch on that song. That's all I did the whole time. That's fine. Some of us we It's have to the just Jonas know Brothers our, our thing We have to know our roles That's all <sighs> Welcome everybody It's TTR As we like to say And uh, this is show I don't know 9036 Or it could be show 58 Or it could be show 72 We don't really know
1: I know Do you?
2: Yeah Well I don't really If
1: really, you're an avid listener you. you probably know You're lying <laughs> And if you're not You're impressed One of the two
2: <clears throat> Listen we squeeze in some incredible stuff into about 30 minutes. And typically, hashtag truth. Yes. Typically, it's it's actually good advice. It is.
1: Yeah. And you know, uh, if you're a fan of either of ours, you probably know that we wind up doing something called Certified Rockstar from time to time.
2: What?
1: Yeah. There's actually uh, an instructor-led session of kind of what we're doing here. We call it Certified Rockstar We have different versions. There's a half day version, there's a full day version, and there's a multi day mastermind. That is correct. And we pretty much will do anything that you want. We we probably have about five, six topics each. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in hiring us to come out and do something for your organization, man, we would be honored to do that.
2: Why would you want to bore your people to death? Why would you want them to sit through another Bueller? Bueller, nobody wants that. No. They need no. some edutainment. Yes. Like they bring say. us in. We show up, we got the swag. we got the they listen. It's amazing. They walk out with certificates. They walk out being certified rock stars. They've had this amazing, amazing experience. Yeah. And I don't know that you can ask for more than that.
1: No, and if you were looking to see kind of the type of stuff and the swag that you'd actually get, you should go to certifiedrockstar.com and check that stuff out. Absolutely. We'd be honored, honestly.
2: You know... When we do things like, of course, this this podcast, but also even things like Certified Rockstar, we always donate a portion of our proceeds to Cannonball Kids Cancer. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Listen, this is uh, where our heart lies with this organization there, a tiny little uh, organization based in Central Florida that literally has an international impact because they go out and they find or fund options for kids who've run out of options. Um, They're in an incredible organization that you need to find out more about how you can participate how you can become uh, a supporter of theirs please go to cannonballkidscancer.org oh man
1: i bet you're busy i bet you're so busy right jim i am busier
2: than a one-legged man in a i'm not really talking i was I... talking metaphorically to the audience oh. I bet you're busy, too. I'm glad you interrupted me because I didn't have... <laughs> you didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have a, anything of... Anything that, that would be appropriate. Right. <laughs> oh, an ass-kicking contest. <laughs> yes. I forgot it. Now I remembered. Yes. However... Yes.
1: Friend, yes. fan. Yes. I'm sure you're also busy. Life's coming at you at about 110 miles an hour. We totally no. get it. It's just super hard to step away every mm-hmm. once in a while and just focus on yourself. Get a little bit of it what is. we call personal development. You know, a little bit of a nugget of wisdom, Some leadership pampering. We totally get that. Yes. But honestly, you got to do it mm-hmm. and listen to the show as part of it. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. You're probably doing something other than just listening to us right now. Sure. You could be. I don't know, crushing grapes for a city winery. <laughs> oh, that's gross. Maybe you're laying sod. Uh, I don't know. No ways for that. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're making a political poster. <laughs> I hate it, man. It doesn't really matter what you're doing. Like Listen, we just want to be the 30 minutes that you've been looking forward to all week. Rocket. Let's do it. Hey guys, just so you know, this interview with Michael Dorf was recorded before the COVID nineteen crisis. We just didn't want you guys to think we were tone deaf, but uh, Michael has some awesome stuff to share. Our guest today is Michael Dorf, who is the founder and CEO of City Winery, which is Manhattan's first fully functional winery, restaurant, music venue, and private event space. First off, Michael, welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
0: It's an honor to be with you again. Yes, yes. yes.
1: We say again, uh, Brant, I don't know if you knew this, but I met Michael a year ago. I was uh, speaking at one of his internal company conferences, and uh, we have a couple former hard rockers that uh, are part of his team. And so it was like a – it was a great event for me to go into New Orleans, but it was like a coming home party for me. So, yes, great to great to spend you some time. Great.
0: You You revved up the team and, you know uh, – that's why you get paid the big dollars for speaking. Because, <laughs> I get paid uh, something. You, you, you did a great job.
2: Thank you, thank you, buddy, M- Michael. <laughs> we, listen, you're blowing his head up already over yes. here. This is this is going to be an issue. That's fine. <laughs> I,
0: that's all right. That's, this is the way it's supposed to work. It I, is. I, you know, yeah, is, there's one trick to teach your listeners is to. Always tell the interviewer how great they are. Yes. Um, it just helps with the interview. So
1: exactly. And we're going to give you an hour to keep doing yeah. that. And that's yeah. it. <laughs> we can stop after that. So listen, we will, uh, we're definitely going to have Michael's full bio posted in the show notes, but I, I did definitely want to just point out a couple cool highlights. First off, Michael founded New York city's go-to venue for independent music. You might know it. It's called the knitting factory. Mm-hmm. He did that in 1986, He was uh, recognized as a pioneer in producing music on the internet through relationships with Apple and Intel and MCI and Bell Atlantic. He became one of the most prolific independent promoters in New York. In fact, I think it was the New Yorker that said that he had perfected the art of the tribute concert. And I know Michael's done a lot of philanthropic work with his music fundraiser series. And now he's been expanding this uh, city winery brand and, I think it has uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong Mike you got seven locations and uh, about to open up a couple more here in the US right
0: That is correct
1: Awesome and and uh, that brand is is fantastic I've been to the one uh, obviously in Chicago and uh, tried to get into the one in New York but the line was just so so long at <laughs> the time so kudos to uh, to all of your success brother it's great Thank you. You got it. So, listen. I, I think you probably know we do some things a little bit different here. We're not going to do the uh, the long traditional interview format. Um, you know, for those that are interested, they'll grab that in the show notes. But for the most part, we want to leave the uh, the door open for you to to share this great piece of advice. So, we're going to leave it up to you, man. What is your thought that rocks?
0: Thoughts that rock, number, number one. Well, I, I would say I've been. Saying this a little bit for for some time, but I, I, I like the phrase: "You should think and form your ideas in Excel first, and then uh, expand upon it later in Word or PowerPoint." And you know what I mean by that is any idea, any um, any uh, sort of business decision. You can go through it in a spreadsheet and make sure that it pencils out Uh, you know it sounds really simple but a lot of times you know you get into these these ideas and it can be just it doesn't have to be a full business plan it can just be a product it can be a concert it can be what what have you and you get so excited by things and you just start you know creating the most beautiful powerpoint and you you convince yourself that it's the greatest idea ever but you forgot to you know make sure that it's you know profitable or hmm. over a long time make some sense um and so I, I just i i always think through everything in an excel spreadsheet first go through permutations um, and then sometimes throw away the idea and not waste my time in powerpoint um uh when when it doesn't pencil out so i'm a, I'm a believer in the in that practical and it might not seem like a given you know the kind of creative business we're in of mashing up you know bringing grapes to new york city and, (laughs) and 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 making wine in the middle of you know a big urban environment and then selling it at a concert that we're producing ourselves in one one space in the middle of an expensive real estate market but but you know that only made sense after doing it in Excel uh, yeah. uh, and, and, and seeing, seeing that there was real margin there was real opportunity and, and there was ability for scale um, by, by doing it in Excel.
2: Yeah. You know, I, well, you just described Jim and I's relationship uh, because he is Mr. Excel and I am uh, not, I, th- I think in Lotus <laughs> notes, Brandt, To say no. you know, it's, back. it's interesting, right? Because especially when you work with creatives, Um, it's about the idea and not about the execution of the idea. And I think at times it can, it it, it must've been challenging knowing you've got to have so many sort of right brain people that work for you (laughs) that, um, appreciate the creative nature of your business, but at the same time, without somebody, sort of laying out an actual plan keeping their eye on the profit margins and how this is actually going to work so that it's sustainable and not just a great idea that has failed like we've seen so many of um when it comes to trying to combine entertainment or art with business um, it gets really sticky but you've obviously figured out the magic formula um how, how has it been when you have to sort of manage the creatives on one side but keep the focus on the execution on the other?
0: Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a uh, exercise of schizophrenia and, <laughs> and, and isn't, isn't that what management is yeah. all about? <laughs> yes. um, you know, my, I got a, a degree in psychology, which has probably been more valuable to me than my other major, which was business. Um, hmm. You know, I, I think managing people and understanding how to communicate what seems like wacky ideas in in more practical terms, um, and being able to jump from left brain to right brain is um, you know is is a rare skill set. Uh, it's it it is for me something I feel very proud that that is you know my makeup and DNA. Um, I spend a lot of time you know uh, designing you know and 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 being probably the the lead creative in our company. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, you know, I I have to table that. And when I'm lead, you know, trying to convince people of the ideas to to get behind. That's when I have to, you know, put on the practical hat. I mean, I, I I am the perfect example of that guy who's got somebody on one shoulder going, you know, (laughs) and the other guy on the other shoulder going, you know, and and I, I sadly play in that, that space. And that's what, you know, on some level, you know, uh, when talking to other leaders, you know, there's there's a lot of that required in, in, in sort of the management and leadership skills. I think it's
2: interesting, you know, uh, Jim and myself have a, have a friend, Alan Schaefer, who's actually going to be a guest, um, coming up soon on, on thoughts that rock. And Alan is the founder of, um, Banning people together, and and I've been working with Alan uh, for many, many, many years, and I affectionately call him my dream killer, um, <laughs> and 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 that's because he is Mister Excel, <laughs> and when I come with the flashy idea in a PowerPoint presentation to convince him how incredible it is, he would he used to immediately jump into execution mode and start poking holes and asking questions as to how that's going to happen and how is that going to happen and that's not going to work and that's not going to work. And we had to basically come up with a safe word between the two of us um, <laughs> so that I didn't want to strangle him uh, for shooting down my I, – I, I would tell him all the time, I'm like, Alan, think of, think of my ideas as a clay pigeon that I'm throwing in the air please let it get out of my hand before you take a shot at it. Uh, because yeah. the creative in me wanted him to appreciate the idea for what it was before we moved into execution mode. What has the balance been for you? How long do you let the idea go before you jump into Excel?
0: Well, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I when I um, opened the Knitting Factory in 87, I was 23 and, And, you know, I I didn't have a board. I didn't have a lot of restraint. And, you know, you do need your counterbalance, you know, Mr. Practicality. Um, You know, my dad served as that um, uh, sort of sounding board a bit. He certainly was very Mr. Practical, you know, conservative business guy from Wisconsin who thought I was absolutely out of my head you know, paying the (laughs) rent I was in New York City. And why would I have dropped out of law school to start an avant-garde music club? I mean, again, I I was pushing against total practicality. Um, And then I found people over time, you know, that worked for me that were, you know, very practical um, and and play that role. But to answer your question, today now, you know, I don't want to have an idea shot down. You know, I I want to be able to um, convince people that it is is practical to begin with. So yeah, I, I again that's why I'm thinking through the ideas in Excel. You know, to make sure it, I sort of self vetted it um, before then uh, presenting it to to the team to get behind. Um, and uh, so you know, it, it to me it, it it's it's just a um, a useful way to think about numbers and scale and the ideas, you know, the beauty of, you know, a, a spreadsheet, the most basic components is you, you, know, you can play with it. You could, I mean, I think that some of the most creative people can use a spreadsheet as their canvas and, and do all kinds of fun things, conjecturing of how many people might come and how much they might spend on this or that. I mean, it's a huge sandbox uh, with, with unlimited formulas. So, um, you know, I think you can be very creative in Excel um, and, and, and paint your picture. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and I think uh, you would, you were talking about thinking in those terms before you take it to the team. But I think what you're also saying is the reverse is true. Like before people need to bring their ideas for let's say an event or whether it's a concert or, or some program, whatever it is, if they thought in terms of that, particularly because of a large, big box venue like yours. When I think about the Knitting Factory or City Winery now, or even at Hard Rock, I can tell you that there was not a single event that was ever executed, ever, without there being some sort of a marketing plan in place. And it could be mm-hmm. a one-sheet marketing plan, but somebody had to think through that stuff. Brand, going back, it isn't the Allens, you know who are going to go and execute it right away, that that will eventually happen. But somebody's got to do the rigor that says, here's what it's going to cost. Here's the value for us. Here's why we should do it if we're going to displace business. You know, all those things come into play. So I think if I understand you correctly, Michael, even if people were, let's say, bringing an idea to you, you hope that they've already thought through this in Excel. We'll get to the PowerPoint ultimately down the road, right?
0: Right. I mean, I, look, at I, what can, I, I think a lot – This is this is pretty much – the way people dissect a business plan when they're you know if you're a VC or or private equity or frankly even you know a manager where someone's presenting something i flip through it all the way to the back few pages and look at the pnl and i don't think i've ever seen an investor not do that they don't give yeah. a shit par- pardon my french of of you know the really colorful shots of, you know, whoever doing whatever in the beginning, they are looking at the back, wanting to understand, you know, are these numbers real? Yeah. Then if, if that starts to make sense, then you go back to page one and start, you know, looking at how are they convincing you that they can actually do it and then execute on the plan. So I, I think that same mindset, you know, can be, and needs to be part of, you know, almost daily activities, you just break it down into the smallest little things. And, 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 again, I am not the nerd who, you know, that's, that's all I'm doing is, um, no, I don't think I want to serve that type of bubbly water. Cause look at the penny that we will not make in three years when, you know, like that, but, you know, I, I, I just think when you are approaching something new, you can break it down, um, uh, quantitatively, totally, totally, I th- I agree.
2: Yeah, I th- I think for me it's got to be. So there are going to be certain people who are wired that way to do that, right? And and for for others, they're completely not. And the idea of thinking through the logistics of of a plan is makes them want to run full speed through a brick wall. <laughs> I mean, it's just
0: now, yeah, yeah. That's, now look at with yeah. with all this said, I mean, I'm sitting here going, all right. I'm I'm also I'm. I'm I'm kind of hypocritical. I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of the biggest uh, construction project I've ever done. Um, I kind of, I'm feeling like this is my Isaac Tigrette moment of spending. (laughs) There you go. go, A little reference for you. Yeah. And and, uh, like, um, we're so over budget in our um, new construction, you know, at, at pier 57 and Hudson river park, like we're, it it doesn't make sense. Like on the spreadsheet, I've thrown away the spreadsheet. So (laughs) here, 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 here we are. Like I'm giving you all this like, you know, supposed wisdom and and I'm so full of it because, you know, I've (laughs) taken that spreadsheet that I made two years ago and I've completely ripped it up several times. And then, you know, of course, I have to go back to both banks and my investors and, remake a presentation with a a spreadsheet showing i'm going to sell even more beverages because (laughs) i'm doing even more in this place and i'm gonna it makes sense in my roi in terms of time maybe it's extended a little bit but that's okay because you know the brand value of having the greatest music venue in new york is okay because it's going to have these permutations of turning people on to our our concept in the united states and all over the world and it's gonna solve the coronavirus and so it's worth <laughs> it's, it's worth it like to 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 put in another million or two into you know the contractor's hands. So
1: typical um, entrepreneur. And, come on.
0: You know. <laughs> so at some point, right, you sometimes you gotta you, you go you take the spreadsheet and you you gotta bury it um, and 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 really come up with um you know a deeper rationale. Not everything is always perfectly um uh, clear. Um, but, uh, I think overall you have to prove yourself that, that, and then occasionally you go with a little more instinct.
1: Hey, when you're the guy who starts the joint, when you're, when you're running the place, you're allowed to do that, right? It's it's sort of a little, I'm going to try and and stick my neck out here in general, though. I think that that thought is fantastic. And I think if more people thought through that first, instead of jumping off the ledge, um, you know, you'd, you'd probably be able to execute it a whole lot easier. I, I think maybe thinking about it in a, in a different um, mindset as well. I know, Brian, you came up with a great thought that that might be a little bit controversial, but I think it's it's awesome from looking at Michael's thought in a different perspective. What is our thought that rocks this week? Thoughts that rock number two
2: our thought that rocks this week is brought to you by robert frost and for me uh, this is where i find myself um often mm-hmm. and so let's talk about this here's so this a- is really about an intervention for you <laughs> no, not an saying. intervention it's my way of telling someone to shut the fuck up oh. so, all right so here here's here, here's our thought for the uh for, for the episode Uh, Robert Frost says this half the world is composed of people who have something to say and can't and the other half who have nothing to say and keep on saying it Um, Now in in the world of fake news that we live in these days (laughs) uh, this is permeated more than I would care to uh, acknowledge but honestly I, you know, there's so many levels to this thought that I think um, sure. work in conjunction with the idea of what you're talking about, which is, hey, think through something first before you just give me the idea. Is it even a valuable Uh, is it a valuable (laughs) resource of my time to devote to this if it is, nothing is possible with what you're doing because you're thinking so crazily that there is no chance that this is actually going to happen. But on the other side, we give people our time. And, and sometimes they, we shouldn't, (laughs) it should just be this thing where they really have nothing to say, but they're passionate about it. And because they're passionate about it, they think they can just go on and on and on and on. But in reality, it's actually hurting the business because you can't get to the plan. If you're constantly placating the other side, that's what I got out of this thought anyways, which is you got to balance the passion Uh, with reality.
0: So I, 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 I read that several times and um, after you sent it to me and, and of course it's hard to not think about our politics these days. right? It it seems to demonstrate the, the great divide of our country, which is sad, but in looking at it from the business standpoint, and I, I guess I did interpret it and this isn't, I, I hate to, sound a bit like you know vince lombardi because I, I that's and i don't use sports metaphors because I'm, I'm not really a um a, a big sports guy but um you know the idea of people who constantly are spewing that they're trying they're trying their hardest they love the thing they you know and they 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 talk a good game but they actually don't execute they don't actually get it done like the, the you know, it's it's like if you come to the office and and all you do is move sand around, you know, and you're super busy and you're telling everyone how hard you're working and you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying but you ain't getting anything done. Well, that's not very useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, versus that person who's just you know, they put their head down. They work really, really hard. They don't boast about it. They don't talk about it. And they actually, boom, they get it done. They actually go beyond what the expectation is, and 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 they they're all about execution. And 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 there definitely is both of those people in 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 many offices, um, and in, in all over this world. Um, and uh, obviously, in politics, it can go to the extreme where it's beyond just saying you're trying. It's where you're you're. Com- completely believing in in things that aren't real um and then and then thinking they're real
2: yeah (laughs) but um i think it's i think what's interesting is i i would say that throughout the course of history we have seen that the people with the loudest voice at times are the people that are the 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 passionate sales people right (laughs) and they're selling the concept they're selling the idea Whatever it might be, and the ones who have something to say but can't are usually the ones who have the logistics figured out. But their their voice is buried underneath Mm -hmm. the person at the top going, "No, but this is the next great thing. No, this is what needs to happen." But the the people who have who have actually worked it out in Excel and said, "Do you know that what you're what you're actually suggesting is feasibly not possible? Uh, It's just not. It's not going to happen." they get overshadowed by the person screaming at the mountaintops going, look at the next greatest mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's why it's so important we have to have those people in our lives. As much as I would get frustrated with Alan for shooting down uh, an idea, it made me think through the actual idea itself and go, oh, you know what? You're, you're right. Um, there's there's a bunch of holes in this that have to be plugged before we put the boat in the water. Um, but, but the idea is... I think it's so important. That's why. That's why good collaboration is is needed, right? Because we have to have those right brain people who come with the crazy ideas, but that left brain comes in and says, "Yeah, and have we thought through this? Yes, mm-hmm. and have you thought through that?" And that's honestly, you know, I laugh. But if you could if you could see us um, in what we do here, Michael, you would know that Jim comes to the table with. Uh, you know, notes, notes that I prepared in Excel, three pages worth of things. And I show up with, you know, my thumb up my ass and go, what do we got? Um, And that's, that is literally, uh, uh, but it works. It works together because of we know what each other brings to the table. And, and honestly, we expect each other to bring it to the table. And that's the
0: difference. So, you know, collaborations are, are special. Um, uh, in particular partnerships that that's very hard or a partnership between, you know, a leader and a team. Um, Also, you know uh, you know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't, Um, but both require, I think listening Um, you're going to have the, the the parties that are louder and either they're, they're, they're right or they could be mostly full of shit. And then, you know, how do you both listen, whether it's to one or to a group of people or to individuals within a group? Um, and, and, and then I think beyond listening, I think there's, you know, very much a critical skill of just observing um, and, and paying attention to, um, you know, that person who, you know, is doodling, um, has a great idea, but is shy and unwilling to, to try and raise their hand louder than, you know, the person who's always been, you know, coming up with good ideas and saying stuff. And so, I mean, the, the group dynamic is a, is a more complicated partnership, but that, 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 that interplay is, is, um, key. And again, sometimes it works, um, well, and sometimes it works bad. And I know at certain times for me, I've not been so great at it. Um, and then other times I really try and uh, readjust, you know, how I'm looking at everybody and and my role in that game. And and uh, w- when it's readjusted correctly, um, th- that's when we function the best.
1: Well, and you said something just a moment ago about listening, which you know we could all use a little bit more of that in the world. And I think about all the ways that you communicate. We've all had probably a ton of training on writing. We've had a ton of training or some training everybody has on speaking. They've had to do some sort of speech classes, but there are no classes for listening. You have to actively go out and mine for these types of things to occur. And, you know, maybe that's why there's a a little bit of a, a deficiency, I think, in that skill. But you know, I, I don't know where wh- what the context was of Robert Frost saying, you know, this quote. I actually looked at the first part of the quote more than the second part. That I was thinking, you know, in an era probably before technology, you know, this probably was more prevalent that you had a lot of people who had something to say but couldn't. But now it's much easier. You know, they've got different platforms to have a voice, especially, you know, if it's meaningful and impactful and they can jump on social media, which then probably leads to the second part, which is bad, right? But but I think about this because it's probably my number one questions when I go out to speak. I've got people saying, Listen, I'm a middle manager with no real power, no real impact and influence. What difference does it make when you're talking about leadership or culture or or whatever? I go, Listen, you gotta keep producing great work. You still gotta Have a few W's under your belt, you know, in your current responsibilities. But eventually, invite yourself to the party. Self-educate, read, listen to podcasts, go to courses, get a mentor, whatever it is. So, if you do have something to say, there's no excuse for you not to be able to have a venue of some sort to go out and let people know. I do see, I see the value brand like what you're talking about on this second part. But I think if the world were to maybe again think in those. Excel terms and think through before they just start espousing whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. venom is going to come out of their mouth.
2: Yeah. We'd be in a much healthier place. Right. Agreed.
0: Absolutely. I
2: Mm -hmm. think the whole, you know, the whole back half of that, of that frost quote is, is I would refer to them as the, Butt Hillary's, you know, they are the, uh, the, they, they don't think through something. They just say, yeah, Mm -hmm. but, and then it's whatever comes next. And they're, they're not actually adding any value to the conversation they're pointing to to something that is their belief of right or wrong or whatever yeah. that might be and and if we just would allow the people who really have um th- a, a thoughtful response to speak yeah <laughs> that would be an amazing thing in this world today agreed 100%
1: Hey, Michael, where can uh, people stay in touch with you if they want to do that either personally or, or do you just want them to sort of stay connected through City Winery? At least we can point them in the right direction to get an idea you know, of what you guys are doing. I,
0: I'm I'm pretty much an open book, you know, so if someone wants to reach me, I'm michael at citywinery.com. Awesome. I mean, boom, just send me a note. Love if, it. Um, you know, you want to see what we're doing, you know, uh, obviously citywinery.com Ooh, there's a bunch of city winery twitter sites and and uh and I have my own michael Dorf twitter thing you know I've been trying to um uh push thoughts out there yeah. and, and and things I mean I am um you know not not mr knight or mr vannerchuk but I am uh <laughs> um you know I'm uh, Mr 4700 followers uh, you know far <laughs> far from anything big and then um you know so you know all the usual places but I'm I'm pretty accessible i might not get back to you quickly or you know um but that's the beauty of you know the digital written mediums are you know you can you can time shift and and um you know uh hopefully refocus you know getting back to people and writing, you know, responses and, and notes. But I, I, I really love meeting people. You know, one of the, the best parts of, of coming out with a book, you know, for the few people who bought it was um, we did a campaign where if you bought 10 books, I would have lunch with you. Um, and uh, I had 48 people take me up on that um wow and you know sold 480 books which is pretty much about uh uh 10 times what my publisher did i hope they don't <laughs> listen to this um but uh <laughs> but, you know and then i did i did um uh these these hard hat tours of our construction site Saw that. Um, and and if you you know you bought a book and sent me the amazon receipt you joined a group i sold about 500 that way so you know like i i but the lunches were in particular. You know, people are like, what are you crazy? Like, why do you want to? And I got to say, you know, for the most part, out of 48 lunches, like 46 were really enjoyable. I don't remember the two that weren't and there weren't two that weren't. It was just it was that high a proportion of of like it didn't feel like a waste of time. It felt like I was, you know, listening and talking to people and, and hearing their either perspectives on City Winery or, you know, um, you know, a cup. Yes. The two that maybe were bad where they were either trying to sell me insurance or get a gig. Oh, right. No. But, <laughs> which, but even that, like I respected greatly. I was like, that's really cool. You spent, you know, $240 less the cost of the lunch that I'm buying you. So it was a net of $200 um, to get, you know, an hour with me, you know, to get a gig, like that's creative. And yeah, smart. And, and so like, got you know good for you so it wasn't and you know and then when you look at it that way it's like you don't and you don't get your reaction isn't like oh this person scammed me it's like no a person smartly took up on a on a, on an offer yeah. um i i would do the same
1: awesome yeah that book cover is beautiful it is really really well done what what's the name of the book we can send people to that uh that site as well
0: sure it's it's called indulge your senses indulge your senses okay. And indulge your senses is a mantra that we came up with, you know, at one of our company offsites, maybe five years before the one that you came to. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was an idea of distilling in three words, you know, our think different, just do it kind of stuff. And it really does um, uh, kind of summarize what we're trying to do for our customers, and frankly, what we're trying to do internally for our staff. In terms of pushing, um, you know, the 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 sensory component of our of our world and our lives, and so um, you know, we're doing that through music and smell and you know the taste and you know all the components that go into a a very sensory you know experience like being in a winery, listening to music, yeah. um, eating great food. So. Um, you know, yes, there's a kind of a odd sexual little thing, but that, you know, that's just for some minds that go the wrong direction, like, but it really is, um, you know, a very, uh, you know, um, you know, core component to, to our world. And then our sub, my sub theme in the book ended up being, you know, when you're thinking in this sensory way, you know, is it almost a reaction to technology that when we're so over consumed with our screens and phones and computers all day long, which we all are. Do we need these respites and these moments of, you know, these sensory um, opportunities? Whether it's you know going to see a concert in an intimate environment, or going to a yoga studio, or doing some meditation, or a walk in the park, or dinner with friends—like these moments where you put the phone away and you connect with people—are the most precious, valuable things we can be doing and and so on some level what we're doing what you know hard rock has always done is these are it's kind of almost an antidote for a a world that's overly consumed with technology so that ended up being the theme of the book so
1: yeah no Um, it's great and you know i remember when i was with you in new orleans we got to see uh you know a small jazz intimate concert and again it was it was one of those times where nobody had their phone out. There wasn't any technology. I'm not even sure if we were allowed to have it in there. And it was it was better to just enjoy the entire experience itself. Um, but man, we we love we love what you're doing, and uh, we well, just can't you. thank you enough for spending some time with us. And uh, we're we're fans of City Winery, and we're going to keep uh, we're going to push it out there for you as much as possible.
0: I appreciate that very much. Thanks for having me.
1: You got it, buddy. Listen, we'll talk to you soon. Rock on.
0: All right. Take
2: care. Bye. 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 Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah. And if you're interested in having Brant
1: or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler speakers, but now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on! on.